Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. but we're flipping in some other parts of the Bible too. Do you assume good times financially or bad times? Do you, um, you know, are you an optimist or a pessimist with regard to the financial future? How are you preparing for the future now? Are you looking towards the future with hope? And I'm talking about the economy. Last week we saw how Joseph was pulled out of prison, ended up in the palace where he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams because God told him what they meant, how he was meant to lead the nation. Particularly, he was given an insight into how the economy was going to work for the next 14 years. Genesis 41, then Pharaoh said, who could lead better than Joseph? He's filled with the spirit of God. Turning to Joseph, Pharaoh said, since God has revealed the meaning of these dreams to you, I'm hereby appointing you to be in charge of this whole project. What you say goes throughout all the land of Egypt. I alone will outrank you. Pharaoh placed his own signet ring on Joseph's finger as a token of his authority, dressed him in beautiful clothing and placed the royal gold chain around his neck, declaring, see, I've placed you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Quite a day to go from the prison to the palace and then become prime minister. That's really what's happened. In a time of great natural uncertainty, Joseph was confidently filled with the spirit who qualified him to make genius supernaturally inspired financial decisions uh, and to be able to know what was going to go on in the markets he was given that incredible insight and how had he learned this well the reason is he'd learned to be a steward he was given God's plan and he was given authority to be able to work the plan to save all the nations around him he became Pharaoh's new steward because he realized I'm not the master I'm here to serve and to be the steward And God had given him the master plan. So what's your plan financially? Do you have one? Most people have no plan. If they did, did you get it from God or did you just get it from you? Did you make your own plan up? In Matthew chapter 25, we read one of Jesus' most famous and I think most challenging parables. It's about the unevenness, the unfairness, the inequalities of life, which we all wonder about. And despite that reality, how much it matters what we do with however much or however little we get. It's fascinating and challenging. You might know it as the parable of the talents. And therefore, we tend to think of it as being, you know, we think about Israel's got talent. It's that kind of thing that he's talking about. Or we hear talents and we think it's about whether somebody can juggle or play the, you know, I was going to say play the unicycle, but you probably don't do that. Um, but, you know, we hear talents and think about whether you can sing and all that. But actually, talent... In the day that Jesus spoke it, it just meant a measure of currency. That's all it was. Don't confuse it with any other talents. It's about money. When Jesus spoke about it, he meant money. People heard money. They heard, you know, we think about it's a weight. It's like pounds. They'd hear pounds. Because it was what you weighed the shekels in. It's what you weighed the coins in. It's what you weighed the silver or the gold in, in talent. So he said, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth. Say his wealth. His wealth to them. The servants therefore became stewards. They were looking after what belonged to another in the way in which he would want it to be looked after. That was the job. 
And Joseph, we discover, had learned to do that. He learned to look after his, his, his dad's sheep, first of all. He was a steward of them. Then he learned, when he got taken into Egypt, to become a steward over Potiphar's house. And that went really badly for him because he was lied about and thrown into prison where he ended up rather moaning and complaining about it, serving and becoming a steward and running the whole prison. And then they bring him out, as we've just seen, and, and he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and the reward is that he's given more stewardship. He effectively becomes like the Chancellor of the Exchequer to be steward over the, all of the resources of Egypt and beyond because Joseph proved himself to be a dependable and wise steward. Back to Jesus' parable. To one of these three people, he gave five bags of gold. Now, a talent was about 20 years of work to the average day's labourer in that day. So for us, now, that's about, well, it's over 2.5 million pounds. Think bags of gold, five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags. This is a very generous boss. This is, he's giving another one, a million. And to another, one bag. So we hear about the one bag person, we think, oh, it's not very nice, he's only a one bag person. We're talking half a million pounds. That's what he's just been given. The master, it says, that gives them each according to his ability. See, the master knows what they can handle. How does he know that? Based upon what they've handled before. Is that fair to say? He doesn't just pick his favourites. He looks at what they've had before and what they've been able to handle before. Then he went on his journey. Now, some of us are so familiar with this story that we've lost its challenge completely. But if you pick a number... And see yourself in the story today. We're going to realise God has entrusted wealth to us as well. In various amounts. And we are responsible. One day, like it or not, we'll be giving an account. And Jesus wants us to do something with what what he's given to us. He actually wants us to conduct risky business. That's what faith is. For the sake of the world and for the sake of the kingdom of God. Now, even if you're not very good at maths, you'll have worked out that five, two, and one are not equal. And we may read it and think, it's just not fair. And it's not fair, but it's true. It's the way the world works. It's the way nations work. It's the way the economy works. It's even true in this room. And it's not fair that they didn't get all the same amount but it is true that people don't all get the same and you don't get to decide where you were born or how much you started out with but you do get to decide every single day what you'll do with what you've got same as they did the man who received the five bags of gold went out once and put his money to work and gained five more what did he do he took responsibility for what he'd received that's stage one then stage two He created somehow value for people. He served people with what he'd got. And as a result of that, that created more wealth. That's how it always works. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. He took responsibility for what he'd been given. He worked with it. He managed the money entrusted to him in a way that the master who gave it to him would want him to. Like the first servant did. But... Uh, 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 uh. the music changes but the man who received one bag went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money now that's pretty common practice in the day that's why 
we're going to find treasure troves these days. People took the money and they buried it in the ground to try and keep it safe. After a long time, say long time. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Say faithful. Faithful. You have been faithful with a few things. So I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Faithful means fruitful. Say that with me. Faithful means fruitful, according to the master. Faithful doesn't just mean, hang on, hold on, sit on it. That's faithless. Faithful means fruitful. Eugene Peterson in the message records the master as saying, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. He got promoted. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, same words. Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Faithful means fruitful. Let's try and remember that. Can we remember that? Faithful means fruitful. Two stewards took responsibility for what they were given. They embraced risk, expansion and action. That's what faithful looks like, full of faith. Faithful means fruitful, means full of faith. With regard to your finances, are you full of faith or full of fear? With regard to finance, what does it do? people have different history and mental attitudes immediately with regard to money. Some people are immediately fearful when you talk about money. Watch closely as the third servant begins to explain why, why he fearfully and literally faithlessly buried the money and how he subtly blames the master. See, this is what irresponsible people do. They look to blame somebody else rather than take responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. And he's not like, oh, you gave me, a, you gave me that, thank you. He says, master, I knew, this is what he thinks he knows, you are a hard man. You harvest where you've not sown and gather where you've not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. Fear will drive you to this and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Like I've not spoilt it. I've not got it dirty. I've not done anything with it. And then he blames the one who gave it. He's basically saying, you're hard to please, so I didn't do anything. Now how's that, how's that going to go down, do you think? His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. We're a lot nicer than God sometimes. If you don't like wicked, a better translation is worthless. The servant isn't bad. He's just useless. People will say, I'm useless with money. But there are things that we can do if we practice them that will help. And things that we will do as we practice them that will hinder 
So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, at least you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. He's like, you could have just done a little thing different and you would have got different results. It's not always huge changes. It's little changes that over time compound and make a massive difference. More surprises, the master says, take that bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags, for he will be given more and they will have an abundance. As for those who do not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Wow, I'm glad Jesus said that, not me. Because I don't even like it. Those who've been responsible with what they've got will be given more. But throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the one talent man who has been given a huge opportunity... Um, now we realise he's blown it and he's angry and he's frustrated and he's gnashing his teeth because that's what you do isn't it when you know you've blown it it's like that's, have a gnash oh, good gnashing from the front it's like oh, oh, I can't believe it I'm an idiot oh why did I do that oh. that's, that's what gnashing is isn't it oh why did I do that oh, I can't believe it so what does the story want us to know Three things. Number one, everybody's a steward of everything. We're masters, and we're not masters, we're servants. We get to be stewards. Next one, please. We discover that everybody gets something. So we don't all get the same, but in the end, everyone is accountable. We're going to better take responsibility because someday, one day, we'll find ourselves responsible for everything. For all the opportunities that God gave us. Now some of you are five talent people. Nobody thinks they are because we usually compare up. But look at you. You're beautiful. And you're a five talent person. And you make loads of money. And the rest of us only pretend to like you. (laughs) The thing is, very few talent people actually ever think they are. Because like I say, we measure up. We, we, you're not down so you might if you're a five talent person most five talent people will think oh no I'm a two I'm a three maybe but you know what you're a five if we go to somewhere like I've been to Haiti if we go to Africa if we go to various places you, you realise pretty soon we're all fives probably in the room but even in this nation I suppose if we were to bring it down to that some people are five talent people and you think well I would be I'm a three talent person really but I might be a four if I just got some more if I got more I'd be a five but then you get more and you still think you're a three because it's in here that it matters and we forget that what money can do and what money can't do we think the answer is more money but with more money comes responsibility more obligations more pressures more temptations to hold on to it to hoard it to, to, to forget that money flows that's why they call it currency it's meant to flow so the, the cycle of giving that Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 starts with, not with get, but with give. That's where it starts. You start to live to give and things start to flow through you. Last week I talked about Oliver Brockbank who built this building that we're sitting in how he decided at some point in his life he was just going to give and live to give and invest more and more for the future he was a five talent person but if you're there your your responsibility is to risk investing long term in what matters most to God 
Now, usually I'd most readily identify, I think, with a two-talent person in this parable. I don't know where you are, but you're too talented if you have more than you actually need, I think. Thanks, David. <laughs> He's going selling them. Watch him. <laughs> in monetary terms, you wouldn't be considered rich by the standards of this culture if you're a two-talent person. But listen, you're blessed. You can pay your bills. And you have a little bit left over. That's a two-talent person. If you're a two-talent person, you face two, comparison, two, two problems, two difficulties, two challenges. They are both to do with comparison. The first temptation is to compare up with a five-talent person and feel envious and feel jealous of them. You could even become bitter because you don't get to have a house that big or you don't get to drive that car. You don't get to go on those holidays like those people do. And you look around at church maybe today and you say, well, I won't contribute too much because I know there's other people here and they could contribute more. That's what a two-talenter's problem is. Or the opposite temptation is to look down. See, the Bible says the secret of financial success is this, is contentment, is to be content. with what you've got because jealousy and resentment come from comparing up it's a sign of immaturity and greed the opposite temptation as I say is to look down on a one talenter and think somehow you're better than them because you've got more than them but God doesn't equate worth with wealth that's why in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 6 he says this better to be a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse so if you're a two talent person today don't look left and right and don't look up or down. Look in the mirror and say, I'm responsible. I'm responsible to make the most of what God has entrusted me with today and then do what he wants you to do with what he gave you. The average full-time UK salary right now is £28,677. Across a working lifetime, that adds up to over £1.2 million. If we get less, do we blame God? If we get more, do we give more? What will you do with what God has given you to manage? Are you responsible? Because you'll be accountable. Here's the GDP for the UK for the, well, since 2000. What's going to happen next? Nobody knows. Don't let them fool you. People are making a lot of money as if they know when they don't know. Nobody knows but God. God knows. And look across the economy in any decade and you're going to find sometimes there's fat cows and sometimes there's thin cows. Sometimes there's fat corn, sometimes there's thin corn. There's booms and slowdowns, there's recoveries and recessions. In my previous church we had lots of financiers, hedge fund guys and business. You know, and I remember one of them coming up to me one time with his phone and he said, he said, I was tempted not to give to this thing that we were doing because I, I know, I, I've got a feeling I think how the economy is going to go, so I was tempted not to give into it. But then I was reading this verse, Psalm 37, verse 16. God spoke to me, Better the little the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And he said, look at this, and he'd underlined it. He read verse, 30, verse 19. In days, in times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty see Jesus said you can't serve two masters this man even though he was a five talenter knew who his master was and had decided that he was going to put his trust in him and be a good steward Joseph learned to steward what belonged to others when he was a shepherd 
then when he was in Potiphar's house, then even when he was in prison, and finally in the palace, he was a steward. That's how he lived his life. And God promises us promotion, that if we learn how to steward what he gives us, we can partner with him Amen. in our lives. Yeah. If we don't just eat all the beef and the corn in the good times, and if we don't panic and worry that it won't be when things start to fluctuate, our hope is not in that. Our hope is in him, the one who always meets our needs. See, some people, Christians, they have this phrase, I'm living by faith. Some people give up a job and they say, right, that's it now. I'm going to go and live by faith. You've heard that phrase. Many of us have heard that phrase. You know, maybe I'm going to go and be a missionary or sometimes like that. And often it's, you know, genuine and you get to hear amazing stories. People like George Muller in Bristol, how he had these orphans that he, you know, things would just turn up as he prayed and just depending on God, living by faith. But here's the truth. We're all living by faith. Really. Everyone lives by faith. Even non-Christians live by faith in something. Who are you living by faith in is the question. Some people are living by faith in their boss. Other people are living by faith in their pension. Some people are living by faith in the bank manager giving them the loan that they need. Some people are living by faith in the bank of mum and dad to keep on looking after them into the future. Everybody's living by faith in something or someone. That's not the question. This is the question. Who are you living by faith in? Are you living by faith in God? Or you? Does your bank statement show that you're living by faith in God? Do you, do you have strong enough faith yet based upon his promises, based upon what he's put into his word to actually believe that God will honour his word and will provide for you? And if you decided today to give into the first fruits, if you decided that already, what, is what you're going to give what the master would call a faith gift? Mm. Is it, would it be something that he would say, oh, that looks like a risk worth me rewarding? Or are you playing it safe? It's not safe to play it safe. Out of however much he's entrusted to you, whether it's one or two or five, would it look to you that you, to God, like you are taking a risk worth rewarding that looks like faith to him? Because you don't see him as a scary boss and live in fear but as a faithful father that you can trust. The most important line for me is verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. See, what is coming, he's not coming to pick holes in them. I think he's coming to look to reward them. That's the kind of God he is. He's looking, thinking, oh good, I get to reward them for what they've done. You know, I have, to, I have to do my tax. I've just got it in on time to be able to do that, to give an account. Every one of us will give an account. God's not like the tax man in that sense, not if you work for the Inland Revenue, we like you, you know, especially me, don't look too close. But <laughs> do, you, do you live according to, do you live according to fear or faith? Do you live a life worthy of reward because you're taking risks on God because you don't want to live a life of regret because you're responsible for you and one day we'll all be accountable God is not an equal opportunities employer we all have some money unequal amounts we all have some opportunity unequal amounts we all get some time in unequal amounts 
We don't get to decide that, but we do get to take responsibility. So the biggest question I think God spoke to me last, last year was about, will I be responsible for my own life and my own decisions? Will I take responsibility for doing some stuff, no matter what other people might say or think? Because I believe that I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm responsible to him for my leadership. We don't get ownership, but we do get stewardship. And to say I'm taking responsibility for my life involves finances, and it means I'm trusting God that I'm going to make the most of everything that he gives me. I'm not going to bury it in the ground. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to take anything for granted. I'm not going to compare with yours. I'm not going to blame him that I didn't get given more. So today, whatever you've been given, however much you've had so far, whether you banked it, blagged it, blew it, buried it, today you have an opportunity to invest it. How much of what the master has given you does he want you to invest? Why don't you just hold on to the envelope if you've got it with your, or just pause for a moment, because this isn't about anybody but you and God. And just ask the master, do you want me to give into this? And if so, how much? Don't ask me, ask him. Did you ask him yet? Or did you just make your own idea up? Did you give him a chance to be able to tell you what he wants you to do? The band are going to come up. And in this, don't compare with anybody else. Here's the comparator. The band say, the Bible says, sorry, not the band, although they used to sing about this kind of stuff. The Bible says, Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself. That's how much Jesus loves this mission of bringing people back to him. And if you're a millionaire here today, but you don't know Jesus, you're a loser. Because Jesus says, what good will it do if you lose your soul, you're not successful. You're headed for failure forever. You're, headed for, you're not headed for a place where the streets are paved with gold. God doesn't need our money, but he wants our life. And if today you've given your life to Jesus, then you're a winner. Even if you walked in with very little, if you've ever said yes, and if you've not done it today, I urge you to do it, to his promise to save you, because your money can't save you, Nobody else can save you but Jesus. But if you say yes to that offer, then you are rich at Christ's expense. The priceless salvation has been bought for you. And that is true success when you've said yes to that. So are you, have you, and how much are you invested in getting other people into those heavenly homes and mansions? See, I found every year since I became a Christian, I've given more and more away. And I've put more and more into first fruits. <laughs> It's not because my income always grows, it's because my faith keeps on growing. That's the reason. When your faith starts to grow, you start to want to make bigger kingdom investments. When you remind yourself which kingdom you actually belong to and trust that God's in charge no matter what, so I can trust him. So we're going to pray, and in a moment I invite you to, as the band starts to play, to invite you to come up. We're going to put the basket up there, please, Matt. And bring your envelopes and your gifts and pledges. And you can, remember, I've said pledges because you can give if you, if you like, well, I'll, I'll over and above what I would normally give. Don't add up in your head what you normally give and then times that by six and put that all on your envelope. This is over and above. That's false, false accounting <laughs> to kind of do that. And you might fool us, but you won't fool God because if God's been speaking to you, feel free to rewrite the envelope or write on it. In addition to this, this is what I've done. I'm going to pledge to give X amount. 
into this as well over and above what I normally give so I want to give you that moment just again to pray and to get the envelope and ask God is this is this still right I'm a steward I want to give what you want not what I want I want to believe you trust you and as a sign of that I'm going to give into this And when you're ready in a moment, you can come and dance if you like on your way up here. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, not a fearful giver. And we're grateful to everybody who gives anything today. Pens, some people need pens, guys at the back. Hello, sorry for the welcome team if there's some people asking for pens. If that's all right, please. Let's pray. The band are going to play. Stick up a hand if you need a pen, please. And there's envelopes as well. Lord Jesus, thank you that one day a little boy came to you and all he had was some fish and a bit of bread and you took what was given and you multiplied that and you did incredible miracles with thousands of people being blessed as a result of that gift lord i thank you that ivy is a five talent church we're going to see that tonight at the agm you've blessed us so abundantly in so many ways and your greatest treasure is your people take responsibility today personally not to preserve the assets that you've entrusted to me but to be faithful grow my faith Lord so that my life story is one of multiplication as I give more and risk more to reach more in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening For more podcasts go to ivychurch.org forward slash media